Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we're all back on uh, Coast to Coast as we start up Hour 2. We're going to uh, talk a little hockey here. By the way, uh, that score, 48-28, Utah all over Denver. Five and a half minutes left in the first half. Can you believe that there's five minutes left in the half and the Nuggets have 28 points? And Joe Ranieri was just saying in my ear, this is like four straight unwatchable NBA playoff games. I mean, they have been so awful. I mean, that net game was so bad. I started watching Inter Milan and Seville playing in the Europa final, and I was watching it in Spanish. That's how bad that game was. So when I start watching games in Spanish, you know the NBA ain't filling up my belly. And the Nuggets today, uh, watching Gobert dunk all over Jokic. I mean, Jokic looks like he smoked a ball before the game. I mean, this guy is completely out of it. I don't know what I'm watching, but this is disastrous. Can't have it, Scotty. Cannot have it. We would like to get a competitive game. Uh, maybe the Sixers will give you that tonight, or maybe the Mavs and the Clippers. We'll see what happens. Hockey, two games last night. Let's get to them quickly here. Uh, the Islanders eliminate the Washington Capitals. They shut them out 4 nothing. They win the series in five. Here is Islander head coach Barry Trotz. This is just like we drew it up. Yeah, I, I think that's what we envisioned. That's what we, we made some adjustments that's how we wanted to play and, and the players bought into it and they, and they executed it. So, um, yeah, you know, and then, uh, you know, obviously with the lead, we, we wanted to frustrate him. I think we did a pretty good job of jamming it right up and, and, uh, making it real hard for him. So, um, yeah, that, that part, uh, I think we executed what we, uh, we made some adjustments, we executed and, and it worked. Yeah. Jamming it right up there took us, I think uh, Trotz did a great job of shutting down his old team uh, literally by himself. Uh, he had his players uh, completely tuned in. I have to ask you, Carver High, uh, I've waited for Bavillier to break out because Bailey, Nelson, uh, Anders Lee, all these guys, uh, Barzal have done it. But Bavillier has been one of their big studs all year long and even against the Panthers. And in this series, he was obsolete. But now uh, he had the huge game to wipe him out. He had the two goals. I thought he looked like himself uh, and his old ways. And this is a real bright sign for the Islanders. If they get all three of those guys going and that second line going with Barzal and company, they might find themselves playing in the Eastern Conference Finals because I think they can beat Philly. 
Yeah, he had the hot series against Florida, had a goal actually in game one against the Caps, but then you didn't see him in games two, three, and four. He shows back up in game five, and the second goal was pretty, Scotty. Uh, That one that uh, Bailey gave him a great pass, went in front. Wilson gave him a little whack after the goal, and uh, he was fine. He stayed in the game. Uh, The Islanders, uh, they're a unit. Uh, When they are operating at full steam and everybody's pulling on the same rope, as Trotz was kind of just saying there in the audio, you know, they're tough to beat. And it's going to be very interesting if the Flyers win this series tonight against Montreal. Uh, An Islander-Flyer series where both kind of play similar styles. Uh, It should be a lot of fun to see those two teams play, but I'm with you. Uh, They keep getting the scoring from those guys at the top. They could absolutely uh, cause some trouble here in the Eastern Conference. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I want to welcome in uh, all of our radio affiliates across the country. Sports Grid Radio app, get it? SportsGridRadio.com, check it out. Sports Grid Radio overnights for all on the bench. 1 a.m., Sports Rage, 3 a.m., Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 a.m. You're going to love it. You can even watch us on YouTube, search Sports Grid Radio. And we also welcome in our new affiliate in Southern California, the Mightier 1090, great station uh, out in uh, San Diego. So uh, what I wanted to say was that uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, I still have to give him credit. He had the two-goal game. He is something to behold. And uh, I was talking to a guy this morning when I was playing ball about would he pass Gretzky? And I think that that guy, I truly believe that with if he plays five more years, which I think he's very capable of doing, he's an incredible specimen. Not only is he the best goal scorer in the league, he's the most dangerous shooter in the league, bar none. Uh, he also plays with a chip on his shoulder. Like he just wants to beat everyone's ass and he's physical and violent and he just keeps playing. The guy plays every night. I actually think by the time it's done, Carver High, that Alex Ovechkin will be the greatest player points wise that uh, the NHL has ever known. He'll pass Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I think that he'll get the goals, Mark. I really do. You know, if he stays healthy for the next four years, I think he's 34 right now. You know, he scores 50 goals a year. Even if he dropped down, Scotty, to 35 or 40 uh, and he had a little bit of a drop, I think he's he still going to catch Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, and and it, I think that he could still get there. So Ovi still has a lot of game left in the tank, but that capital team, they might be retooling here now, Scotty. It might be time to put, you know, a couple of different pieces around Ovi to try to get one more run out of him. I think the head coach is a joke. I don't think he's very good. The guy that replaced Trotz uh, reared himself. So they're going to have to look in other areas. But um, it is what it is for them. This Dallas-Calgary game last night now, Scotty, uh, you had the first time in NHL playoff history that a team was down three goals in a game and ended up leading the game by four goals at some point. So the swing from down 3 nothing to up 7-3, to three, and the Dallas Stars end up eliminating the Calgary Flames. They will now play the Avalanche, Scotty, and that game won is going to be tomorrow night. They're not wasting any time in the bowl. They want to get these guys to keep playing. So you get game one on a Saturday night between Dallas and Colorado. That'll be a fun series, Scotty. We were on the air doing Pharrell on the bench, and they started scoring no goals. Uh, they were down 3 nothing in the game, then 3-1, and then 2, 3, 4. And then when it was 4, I told you they're going to score 7 goals, and they did. And I thought it'd be 7-4, but uh, they are dangerous right now the way they're playing Dallas. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So one Mets player, one staff member as well as what they're reporting now uh, with the COVID. So no game in Miami tonight with the Mets. We still got the two hockey games tonight. We've had them every day in the afternoon from the jump, but not today. They're tonight at 8 and then at 1030. Uh, first game, Carver High, is your Islanders against the Capitals. I have to ask you. You're the Islander expert. I think the Islanders finish them off. Uh, you're up 2 nothing in that last game four, and you blow that. I still think the Islanders are the better team. I think they've been playing way better hockey. Uh, they cannot afford to blow a two-goal lead again. If they do that again, they'll find themselves playing a game six. Yeah, I think that what you saw here the other night is uh, they their own mistakes, Scotty. Uh, mental errors by them, a lot of penalties. They had the 2 nothing lead. They gave it up. Uh, these are the kind of moments where Barry Trotz usually does his best work. Uh, when it comes to motivation and telling guys what they did wrong. They did the same thing in the qualifying round. They had a chance to sweep Florida, played a really bad mental game with a lot of penalties, and they ended up having to come back and beat them the next game. Hopefully for the Islanders, that'll be the situation tonight. They play a sloppy game. They had a chance to sweep. They go for the gentleman sweep tonight, and they can maybe get it done. Because you don't want to give them – you don't want to let the thought creep into their minds, Scotty. You know, you don't want to let it get to Saturday and a game six because then the other team really starts to believe – once they get to two. So tonight is a crucial game, I think, for the Islanders. And then in the second game, Scotty, you've got Dallas and Calgary. It's been a wild, fun series. Stars with a chance to close out the Flames tonight. I don't know, Scotty. This just feels like a a seven-gamer to me, the way this one's gone. Yeah, first of all, I can't give uh, the Islanders uh, the goal and a half. I have to grab that if I'm a better. Uh, The way they play, they've been in every game. Uh, I'm going to take the goal and a half. I'm a little sketchy on why they're getting a goal and a half. They're up 3-1 in the series, and they're getting a goal and a half. It smells like it could be a Caps two- or three-goal win. uh, That They think there's going to be a a sixth game, Vegas. And and let me ask, uh, why do you think that it's going seven? I think Dallas has Calgary by the throat. I think they're skating circles around them. And I just think, uh, frankly, that uh, Calgary's defense has been inept. Uh, Ever since they gave up the goal with 11 seconds left, and lost that game in overtime. They've never been the same since. And frankly, I don't think they're getting good shots on Dallas's net either. Yeah, it, this was the first time in the series where a team won back-to-back games when the Stars won games four and five. They had been going back and forth before that. Uh, just to the way that the series has gone, I'm rooting Dallas tonight. I have a ticket on Dallas to win this series. I would like to cash that tonight. But 
Uh, something just, you know, it just seems like one of these ones that's uh, so even that it's going to go seven. We'll see what happens uh, when those teams get on the ice tonight. And then you have two more game sixes tomorrow night, Scotty. So we'll talk about those tomorrow. Let's get to the NBA because we have a ton to do there. The Mavericks jump out. They even the series with the Clippers last night. Nice performance by them. Here's Coach Rick Carlisle. This is how you get it done in the playoffs. The whole notion, you know, of playoff basketball that it's just, you know, everybody combined working to give each other energy and, and to do you know, one little thing at a time as you go through 48 minutes and thousands of events you know that, that's what this is all about you know individual statistics really are out the window because it's 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 very binary you know it's it's about winning and losing and, uh, and tonight you know our guys showed a lot of po poise throughout the game you know the clippers are are super talented very aggressive, very physical, and you know it's uh, we we did a good job holding up under a lot of pressure, and that was great to see. Uh, they stopped Paul George. That was the difference in the game, and not having Porzingis thrown out of the game. Real simple. And here is Paul George, Scotty, because he says, "I don't know why you guys thought this was going to be easy. The Western Conference is absolutely loaded." Here's PG thirteen. They're a good team. Um, just goes to show you the West is, is tough. AC just beat the first seed yesterday. The West is tough. It's a tough conference. Um, any given night, any team, especially here, can win. Um, and we've fully, full on seen that. Um, so it's no surprise. Uh, what you have to do is come ready to play. And um, tonight was their night. I guarantee you, I personally guarantee that Paul George will not be stopped again uh, on that game tomorrow night. In fact, uh, I think the Clippers are going to be very angry about that Mavericks win, and I guarantee you George is in the high 20s, low 30s in that game. And there's nothing you can do to stop Kawhi Leonard at all, no matter what you do. So if those two go into the 30s, Clippers win and cover the five. Other game last night, the Celtics took a 2-0 series lead on the 76ers. Honestly, Scotty, uh, the game wasn't frankly close in the second half. Here's Joel Embiid. Oh, don't worry. It's not over. It's only 2-0. Here's uh, Embiid. Like I said, you just got to take one game at a time, uh, you know, one play at a time. Uh, you gotta be, we got to be more physical uh, than them offensively and defensively. Uh, we got to keep moving the ball. Uh, I thought today uh, we did a better job of taking care of the ball. That was the issue in the first game that that made some tough shots. Uh, I can't discourage us. We just got to keep on going and, you know, keep playing the way we want to, uh, just be aggressive. And I I, I, got, I guess I got to do more. Um, I got to keep on pushing and pushing myself. Um, and everybody just got to, we got to be on the same page. Playing the way we want to. What do you mean, getting bent over and spanked and called Charlie? Uh, I mean, honestly, and Tobias Harris has been complete trash in this uh, series. The Celtics have clamped down on him. He's done nothing. Embiid's the only one that does anything, and he plays like he's on morphine. Like, the guy looks like he's bored to death, and he looks like he's quitting, even though he's putting up 34. The rest of them have played like bums. Boston's just flat out better than the Sixers, and they're not going home to play in Philadelphia in front of their fans. They're playing down here with nobody, a bunch of virtual cheese ball fans. They got nothing going for them in this series at all. 
Yeah, that's where you lose that advantage. Everybody being in the bubble, Scotty. Normally you could say, yeah, you know what? We're down 2-0. We'll go home with that's our right. crowd. Don't don't got it. I mean, you got no time to pick it up, and you guys aren't traveling anywhere. Jazz and the Nuggets now tied at one apiece. Come back from the Jazz yesterday. They blow the Nuggets out. Here's Denver coach Mike Malone. We're going to come back from this one. You know, I told our team after game one, it's only one game. Uh, we don't get too excited about it. And we're not going to panic after a loss. Obviously, give the Jazz a lot of credit. They uh, they turned it up. We did not play well. well. Their best players played well. And we need our best players to play well. That's the bottom line. This is the playoffs. So we got to find a way to uh, to respond in game three. Um, but you know, I'm just more, more disappointed. I feel like guys played hard. Didn't play smart all the time. Didn't, didn't execute the coverages or what we were supposed to be doing. But um, give them credit. And uh, we'll be better in game three. I think Jogic and Murray have to take their game to a whole nother level. 28-14 ain't going to cut it. They both need to be around 30. And Porter needs to step up like he was playing before. He's gone back to being kind of quiet and not getting involved and just standing in the corner waiting to get a shot off or on the wing. He's got to attack. He's got to get to the line. He's got to get contact. He's got to try to get some and ones. They stood around and let the Jazz kick their ass. I don't think they'll do that in this next game. I like the Nuggets to respond. Let's get to tonight now, Scotty. Game two, Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers. Rondo questionable for the game. Maybe he might get a little burned like you were saying earlier. Here's Frank Vogel. He says, my team's got the right mindset. We're ready to go. We're optimistic. We know where there's some things we could do do better. Um, but we're very encouraged, you know, if – the thing I'm most encouraged about is we have a super talented team. And when you have a super talented team that plays like a scrappy underdog, um, you have a chance to really accomplish something special. And uh, we scratched and clawed. We played extremely hard on both ends of the floor last night. I was very pleased with that, that part of it. Uh, and like I said, even, even pleased with uh, a lot of the shots that we were able to generate within our offense and optimistic in what we can accomplish in this series. I think the Lakers will respond tonight and roll and cover. It's that simple. There's nothing else to say. They can't afford to lose this game. They're going to play on a different speed. Joe Harris leaves the bubble for the Nets. In, in all honesty, Scotty, why come back, right? I mean, they're going to make you sit in the room for four <laughs> days when you come. Like, let's be fair. Like, Joe, Joe, whatever you got to do is he's got something personal he's got to do. That's fine. But, Joe, like, you're down 2-0. Like, just stay home, dude. Like, you're going to have to sit in your room for four days. The series is going to be over by the time you're done quarantining. And, I mean, at the end of that game, when they blew the chance to tie it on a three and rolled it off a leg over the half-court line, that's all you need to know. They're finished. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Cam, I got to be honest with you, like, uh, and I don't, uh, I like golf. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't, but, uh, you know, when there was nothing on and we were watching, like, golf and NASCAR and UFC uh, Apex fights and stuff like that, and there was nothing, the NBA and NHL weren't playing yet, I was all into the golf. When there's a major at Harding Park, I'm into the golf. But I would no yeah. more watch that golf tournament today than fly a kite when it's up against – uh, this NBA playoff action that I've been watching. Uh, I, I won't watch golf unless it's a major now. I could care less what Tiger or any of them are doing. I don't even care. Like, I'll mention it because I have to, but I wouldn't watch it if you paid me, honestly. Like, I, I have no interest in it at all unless it's a major, seriously. Yeah, no, I got no problem with that, Scott. We're still buddies. I got money on this stuff, so I bet it. I got to be honest with you. I'm flicking the channels. I'm watching the OKC game right now. It goes on the back burner. I will say this. Uh, the FedEx Cup, yeah, it's there. You know, the winner gets $15 million. The purse is 60 mil. But what am I all about in golf? Exactly what you say. Majors in the Ryder Cup. I want to see Brits and Americans kill each other, smash smash themselves with bottles, and basically get in fights in the stands. That's fun stuff. That's when golf gets real and the majors get real. This thing is just a cash grab for everybody. I'm into it because I have bets, and, and I love betting golf. But in uh, the whole scope of uh, the golf tournaments, I really couldn't give a crap about the FedEx Cup playoffs in comparison to majors. It's another week, yeah, like, week another I, three I like weeks Ryder. for me. I like Ryder. That's fine. But that FedEx playoff, give me a break. Play off my ass. No one cares at all. Once NFL starts, are you kidding me? You wouldn't watch that at Eastlake if, if they had naked chicks running across the greens. Honestly, listen, uh, let me ask you this question. Um, yeah. Tom Brenneman, Fox has let him go today. He's not yeah. going to be doing any more baseball on Fox. Do you think uh, that uh, the Reds will fire him? Yeah, I do. And the thing is, you know, we work here on the grid. We've had a couple hot mics, you know, sometimes some F-bombs. But what he did, uh, Scott, you can't talk about, hey, Kansas City, full of gays. Like, whatever he's tired, way worse than that. I'm just giving you the PG version. Uh, It's unacceptable. In today's world, you get fired for a lot less. He gone. Tom Brenneman, uh, he was doing commercials for Skyline Chili, the chili of Cincinnati. I don't know what he's going to be doing next, but uh, the party's (laughs) over, I think. I guess that free chili's not going to be coming over to the house at the front door. But listen, (laughs) uh, we were on the air last night doing bro on a bench when that broke. And uh, boy, did that pick up steam. Uh, What did you think of the heat today? I got, I love this team. And I told you, other than the Raptors, they're they're the team I worry about in the East. They're better than Boston, better than Philadelphia. The Miami Heat, they have three-point shooters. Jimmy Butler, they love these guys. They're playing together as a unit. I, I hate to say a lot of people thought Indiana would play with these guys, Scotty. Miami's simply a better team. They can win this thing in four or five. I don't think the Pacers have what it takes. And I'm very, very worried. If you're in the East, if you're an Eastern Conference heavyweight like the Raptors and the Bucks, I'd be looking at these guys going. The Heat are a scary, scary team. All right, so uh, we'll talk to Cam next hour. One tidbit, if uh, they had a hot mic on on Cam, Gabe, and I in a bar in Toronto, how long do you think it would take before we'd get fired? 
Uh, <laughs> three and a half seconds. Me and Gabe are brutal, Scott. We're like old guys, though. My back hurts. Or he goes, Cam, your microwave's running. You got another Jamaican patty in there. So we're actually, we've had oh, hot God. mics all the time. We've just been very lucky. Oh, very oh, lucky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, go, go wash off. I don't want to get fired today. Thanks. I'll talk to you next hour. Cam Stewart in Toronto. Uh, he's dangerous. I love him. All right, uh, Carver High, let's go. Pain day. We got a lot of action here. No cheerleaders on the field. This is a disastrous bit of news. Uh, yeah, you can't have this uh, in this new world of sports, which we have kind of gotten used to a little bit here with the NBA and the NHL and everything else. MLB. Uh, now we know some of the things that are going to go on in football, Scotty. So no mascots, no cheerleaders, no sideline reporters or pregame reporters on the field this coming season. And they are still considering a bubble for the playoffs, which, uh, you, you know, is probably going to happen when they get it down to the 13 or 14 teams, whatever it is now, they added a couple. Uh, they'll bubble all those teams in each conference probably, right? Listen, uh, absolutely. And the other thing is I can live without uh, sideline reporters. Is there anything worse than the interviews that they do with coaches coming on and off the field or on and off the court? In fact, the NBA interviews with the long stick and the chick or the guy standing six, 10 feet away from the coach interviewing these basketball coaches that don't want to talk or say anything ever. What a waste of time that is as well. Sideline reporters. All that is, is a job for someone, which I appreciate. I want everybody to have a job, but those interviews suck. They always have, they always will. Coaches say nothing. Not only that, I mean, nine out of 10 dentists prefer, there isn't a coach in any league that wants to do the interview. They force them to do it. There's nothing worse than forced interviews of anyone. Rams left tackle Andrew Whitworth started talking about, remember the new helmets and the face shield, Scotty, that they're going to try have these guys wear. Whitworth says, not so fast, my friend. I don't think this is going to help us at all. Here's Whitworth. I don't really see, I mean, I kind of get the idea of it. I, I don't really see how it'd be beneficial. I mean, if you've ever been close to O-Lyman when we're sweating on a football field and, and exerting energy, uh, there, there's not much. If it's got a hole, it, it's going through there, I can assure you, because we're exerting so much sweat and snot and spit and everything else. <laughs> I mean, that is just awesome. But I'll take the over and the eight and a half wins on the Rams. Uh, but there is no way uh, you can stop 350-pound linemen from not gushing sweat. I mean, it is slippery pickings out there on the NFL pain day field. Let me tell you what. I mean, I have no idea how they can play college and pro football with this pandemic going on, with the amount of contact and pile-ups and sweat and people coughing and sneezing. And, I mean, it is disgusting. It is, what do they call it, snobbernacle? I mean, it is a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> Slobber knocker. <laughs> Slobber knocker. What's the difference? What's well, the difference? Uh, <laughs> let's get to Bill Belichick. We brought this up yesterday about him and the starting quarterback. He says, I'm not picking a starting quarterback right now. It's way too early. Here's Bill. Obviously, there's some point where that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, right now we, we want to try to, like I said, get everybody, give everybody an opportunity to, you know, Work on it, get the basics, and and we're really doing that at all the positions. I mean, everybody's rotating through, and you know we're trying to give everybody an opportunity to to run the run the basic plays, get the basic fundamentals down, and uh, yeah, of course, at some point we'll have to uh, you know not equalize the reps. I mean, that's that's obvious, but yeah, we're not there now. 
Jesus, I almost fell asleep listening to him. Uh, <laughs> are you taking the under nine and a half, Carver High? I am taking the under nine and a half. If they play 16 games, I do not believe that the Patriots are going to have a winning season. I think that they have a losing roster between the quarterback change and all the guys that have walked out the door, uh, even COVID-related, all the guys that have walked out the door. I think that they're going to have a hard time this year, Scotty. That's for sure. Des Bryant worked out with the Ravens. Now, they say nothing is close. Uh, maybe that means that it didn't look very good. But Des is trying, Scotty, uh, and he finally got to work out for a team. I think it's just a respect thing that they're giving him a workout. And I think if they were in a situation where they were desperate, they might consider it. But I think it's just one of those formalities. They're just being cool and letting him uh, work out and, and taking a look at him and then holding judgment until later, if need be, if there's a necessary uh, adjustment they need to their roster, they might do it. But right now it doesn't look like it's happening. Another wide receiver, not good news. Tyree Kill, Scotty, you can't have this if you're the Chiefs. Leaves practice with a hamstring injury. And I'm noticing a lot of pattern here. Whether it's NFL, we're going to talk about it with baseball too. Uh, NBA, we've had a few. A lot of hamstring injuries with these guys not playing for months and months and months, right? Tyree Kill, not a good scene for the Chiefs today. I mean, obviously, and, uh, you know, it's the same thing like we've had this uh, Deshaun Jackson character. What year has he been in the NFL that he hasn't had hamstring problems? I mean, once a calf and hammy, always a calf and hammy. If you have those problems, if you have quad problems, hammies, whatever, calves, uh, they're the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, it just always happens. I mean, the bottom line is the guy is lethal and dangerous. And I saw this guy Mahomes in practice slinging like 70-yard passes underhanded. I mean, this guy is sickening what he's able to do on a football field. He's dangerous. But without that guy in the lineup, and then you get other guys injured, it starts mounting, and then and then problems occur with winning. So I know everybody thinks on the Chiefs they're winning seven straight Super Bowls. I will never forget them selling that BS to everyone. So if they don't win this year, they're just going to get abused. They have been very mouthy this offseason, whether it be a couple of their guys, Chris Jones in particular. Uh, Mike McCarthy, Scotty, not going to call plays with the Dallas Cowboys. That is going to be Kellen Moore. Why? Probably because the Jones family told him to when he came there that you're going to have to keep let Kellen keep calling the plays. Mike did not like doing that in Green Bay, but he's going to have to do it in Dallas. Maybe it's better for him, Scotty. I think it's better if he adapts uh, like and evolves as a coach. Everything else that cost him his job in Green Bay, which was total control, and they got sick and tired of him, and it got stale like bread. I think that's what cost him his gig. And when you talk about the Chiefs again, going back to that issue, when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls and going to nine Super Bowls and winning six of them, and when they got there, they knew how to win. I'm just being honest here. They never bragged about winning, and they never talked about we're going to win six of them or we're going to nine of them and we're going to be in the AFC title game every year. You never heard anything from them. I like that about Belichick teams. The Chiefs don't know how to win. They won a Super Bowl. They were downtown in the fourth quarter. Congratulations. They got the Lombardi. But then they go in the offseason, and every guy on the team says they're going to win five, six, seven Super Bowls. No one can beat them. We're going to be the greatest pass-rushing team in the history of the league. We're going to break every record. I mean, these guys don't know how to win. They did, they did win. I don't think they know how to handle themselves when they win. Kirk Cousins believes that his best years are still ahead of him as he turns 32 this week. I hope so, Scotty, considering he's only won one playoff game in his career. 
Listen, I, I think he got better last year for the first time ever and won a big game. I think he's got a four-year window to get better. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We'll try to get our guest. He's arguing with NBA refs right now. As soon as he's done with that, we'll get him on the show. He's like everyone else, arguing with NBA refs. I was watching a game last night, Carver High, by the way. Um, I think it was the I think it was the Rocket game. And they said in the middle of the game, whoever was calling the game said, these are the greatest refs in the world. And I, I literally spit out my dinner. <laughs> I spit out like a giant like a giant, a quarter came flying out of my throat, like a giant lug, excuse my French. I just literally coiffed right out of my mouth when I heard, these are the greatest refs in the world. I'm like, at what? Butchering games? Are you kidding me? The NBA refs, when they're not on the take, are you kidding? Yeah. The calls they make are so absurd. The greatest refs in the world. I got refs in my daughter's league that are better. Honestly, yeah, it was it was like that ref, uh, the ref analyst the other night trying to sell me that that Porzingis ejection was warranted. You know, yeah, sure, sure it was. Are you uh, kidding a couple me? That of... <laughs> guy went, oh my god, oh my god! And then the refs today in the Toronto game were just as bad. Um, before one more on the Rocket game, we know that they don't have Westbrook. What did you think of Green uh, filling in there? And, and he filled it up a lot. The Rockets are going to need that as long as Russ is out. Well, I, you know, I even had somebody tell me, well, now that he's had a good game, he'll have nothing but bad games after that. But he had a game for me. That's all I know. I had the Rockets to win and cover the one and a half. So they hit both sides of the bet for me. So Pharrell on a bench.com, baby, when you like to hide the money from your wife, all I know is he played huge, not only hitting big shots, but getting to the glass and getting to the rim on both ends, rebounds and buckets, layups, dunks. Uh, hit some. Uh, he hit at least one three. I thought Green played great. All right, uh, we have Aaron Torres now. He just got done arguing with uh, NBA refs for five minutes in the parking lot, and and I told him just take your time, tell him what you think of him, tell him what I think of him, and then come in and do the show. Aaron uh, Torres of Fox and the Aaron Torres podcast, our good friend out in Lipstick City. Uh, hey, Aaron, good to have you on. Hey, can you believe we're on in uh, Southern California now on the Mightier Ten Ninety? How do you like them apples? I like it. Wait, did I have something that happened with refs? That I, I, I wasn't watching the Nets game. Did something crazy happen? Well, nothing crazy. They just gave the Raptors every single call in the second half. And then oh, okay. uh, I just, it just drove me nuts. Like, I, you know, I hit both sides of the bet. I had the Nets at 11 and a half, but they were in the game. It was a great game. And I think the refs uh, helped the Raptors get to the line a bunch wow. in the, uh, late in the third and in the fourth. And I thought it was the difference in the game. All the bad calls. Let me ask you this question. Uh, before I get into college football with you, I want to ask one basketball question. Because uh, you know I love you on that side, too. Is You know, Coach K has been talking about we cannot afford to not have an NCAA basketball tournament this year. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I believe that they can bubble these regionals. They're not going to screw that up, are they, college basketball? Well, Scotty, I, it's so funny. I actually meant to text you this morning. You know why? Because another coach told me that on my podcast that's going to run tomorrow. His name's Archie Miller. Don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, IU. Who 
Hoosiers. And he said the exact same thing, Scotty. Uh, I, I Listen, I still – I don't really understand – how the Big Ten can say that it is not safe to play football, but basketball will somehow be safe. These heart problems will somehow be uh, not an issue when it comes to Big Ten basketball and college basketball as a whole. Uh, with that said, it seems as though two things. One, um, you know, the, the point that Archie Miller actually did make to me in all seriousness was that he believes that we have to look at each individual sport on its own. We can't decide that because we canceled football that we need to cancel basketball as well. As you just alluded to, Scotty, there are ways to safely play basketball in a bubble setting that you simply cannot do uh, in football. So to answer your question, everyone I talk to in college basketball universally agrees we cannot go another year without an NCAA tournament. Almost everyone universally agrees that there is somehow some way for just about everyone to do a bowl concept, certainly the biggest conferences. I think it's worth noting most conferences go to winter break around Thanksgiving. They don't get back until early to mid-February. So we have a nice eight, nine, ten-week window. I think it's going to happen, but I still just don't know how the Big Ten is going to be able to explain away not playing football in the fall, but playing basketball in whether it's November, December, January. What do you think is going to happen, Aaron, uh, tomorrow when all of those families and their friends show up on the doorstep at a Big Ten for their little protest? Uh, Is that going to sway anything? Now, my opinion has been from the jump that uh, they shouldn't play football. And now that they're not playing football, I have a hard time believing Kevin Warren's going to reverse the Big Ten's decision. I don't I'm with you in the sense that I do not believe a decision will be overturned. But I also give the parents so much credit because what they're saying is essentially what I've said uh, since even before the season was officially canceled and then certainly after the season was canceled which is that the logic for canceling the season makes no sense. If you're going to argue that it's not safe to play football, but 13 of your 14 campuses are open, it's down to 12 now. Michigan State yesterday officially went to online only. Um, But then you're going to say it's safe for 12 of 14 campuses to be open, that kids can go to class, they can go to the dining hall, they can stay in dorms, but they can't play football. It makes no sense to me. Uh, It's certainly not safer from a physical perspective to play 20 to 25 games in the 2021 calendar year, which is what would happen if we play spring football right into fall football. And so what I think the parents are simply saying is we need an explanation. We need an explanation better than a vague health concern. And oh, by the way, this is my point too, Scotty. If health, if there is something that prompted this cancellation that parents need to know, you know who else needs to know? The SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. They deserve to know if there is some health concern that nobody else knows about. Instead, the Big Ten is trying to hide under lawyers and secrecy and whatever. They need to clean up their act a little bit here. So let's talk a little bit about uh, North Carolina and Notre Dame right now, their circumstances. Uh, We already know what they did at uh, Chapel Hill. They sent the kids home. And then today, Notre Dame you know, yesterday they, they went online for two weeks at least, which I think is going to bleed into a month, maybe two, maybe three, maybe the whole quarter. But uh, Notre Dame today, on top of that decision, stopped football practice. 
at least for a couple days. I think they're doing it day by day, making decisions on the fly, which I guess in this predicament uh, you can live with as things go and roll down the road. What do you think about the circumstances in Chapel Hill and South Bend, uh, Aaron? Well, it's unfortunate, you know, and, and listen, this is why I defended the, I don't want to say I defended the back the PAC 12, but I justified their decision to postpone football in a way that I didn't defend the big 10 because the PAC 12 really does have schools like USC, UCLA, uh, Stanford that are going online only. And it is a different conversation if you can't have students on campus, if you should be playing intercollegiate athletics. Now, a lot of people including people in college sports, will say that that's actually the safest way to play intercollegiate athletics. But I'm certainly open to the conversation that if you don't have students on campus, you shouldn't be playing sports in the fall. With that said, um, it, it is a little bit of a different deal at UNC than it would be at, say, USC or UCLA because of the fact that UNC, uh, they've started practice, their conference is moving forward, and so it'll be fascinating to see if it has ramifications on the football program. It appears as though football is going to continue to practice, they're going to continue to play. I think the word that you use, the term that you use, Scotty, is it's all day-to-day, man. And I listen, I, I love, I give credit to the conferences that are moving forward, but I still, I until I see games on the field September 12th, and of course the SEC a few weeks later, I'm not going to believe it's going to happen simply because there are so many day-to-day issues. Tulsa had to postpone practice the other day. Um, and as things pop up, everyone is going to have to be nimble and be on the fly. And I do think it, there may be a point here in the next two or three weeks where a conference commissioner or conference presidents at individual schools say, this just doesn't make sense. So listen, I want college football. I've been vocal about it, but until I see on the field that it can be safely done on September 12th, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to buy it. Do you uh, have a reaction about like, what is like the Trojans and, and Bruins? What's, what's their attitude been about all this in lipstick city? Well, I, I do think there is a legitimate argument, and it's something Archie Miller and I talked about today. Um, there is, I don't even think it's a legitimate argument. I think it's almost indisputable is that the safest place that players can be is on campus under the jurisdiction of their doctors and medical staff. And it was kind of crazy because at least early on, USC, which is a private school and doesn't have to disclose this information, was disclosing this information and believe, and they were showing basically no negatives early on in the process. So uh, I think there's frustration because they want to play. I think USC thought they were going to be actually really good this year coming off last year with Keaton Slovis and uh, Grant Harrell, the offensive coordinator that they were able to keep on campus this year. Um, but I do think that, you know, in Pac-12 country, they understand the conversations a little bit different. I think there's the same frustration. I think there's the same disappointment, but I don't think it's as vocal as it is in the Big Ten, because as I said, the Big Ten, it makes no sense. I mean, you, it, you just cannot justify having however many tens of thousands of undergraduates on Ohio State's campus but not playing football. And by the way, Scotty, excuse me, I'm knocking into my computer here. Uh, oh, by the way, you still allow them to come into the facility every day and work out for 20 hours a week. Scott, I know you have kids. It would be like saying you got to eat broccoli, broccoli, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then you take away the ice cream for dessert. How is that fair? I mean, you just can't have it. Uh, so when you saw the uh, when you saw the SEC schedule come out. 
I got to tell you, we showed it yesterday, all the big games. There's about 10 big games that are enormous. When I saw those 10 games, I literally said on Coast to Coast and on Pharrell on the Bench, I could just watch those 10 games and be happy with the whole thing, and that would be good for me for football for college this season. That's how good it is. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, I think I don't I do, I do not believe the SEC will go forward by themselves. If the ACC or Big 12 pull out, I think it might be doomed for fall football. But I'm with you. And it's you think about it. League only games, two extra games on the schedule and a truncated shortened calendar. You get Auburn, Georgia week two. You get Alabama, Texas A&M week two, uh, some games that you weren't going to be getting at all, like a Texas A&M Florida, like uh, 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 I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but we got three, four marquee games that we weren't going to get at all on top of all the good ones. So, you know, it was crazy. When I looked at that schedule, man, I just thought, first of all, whoever wins this league is going to earn it. Uh, but you know, there's going to be a lot of really good teams that end up four and six, five and five, six and six, because you look at a Tennessee, uh, an Auburn, a Kentucky, who maybe has its most talented roster in my lifetime. Uh, they got a loaded schedule with a lot of really good teams on those schedules. Unbelievable. I'm so far, knock on wood, but I am fired up if, if we can get SEC football. So I got 30 seconds. What did Archie say about the kid from Evansville? He's finally got a real point guard in Bloomington. That kid's a rock star from Ritz. Yes. He loves him. Uh, what he just said overall was that he was so impressed. He said that it's a low maintenance group. They've done everything asked of them. They want to play. And I think that's a theme for all of these teams. But he said they've, they've handled the protocols. They've stayed out of trouble off the court. And that can change in a day. That can change in a second. That can change at one party. But he's been so impressed by how good that group has been in terms of staying out of trouble. And again, I think that's broader to all of college sports. Got to be responsible. I love you, Aaron. Thanks for coming on. Aaron Torres of Fox and the Aaron Torres Podcast. My man, thanks a lot. It's coast to coast. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Coast to coast, the Jazz are humiliating the Nuggets right now in this game three. They're up 22 in the second quarter, and Gobert 
has 18 and eight and he's just going off. He's doing it all himself. They're getting productivity though from everybody else. Conley's got nine. Spider's got six. Clarkson's got seven. I mean, and, and just how awful the nuggets look. It's embarrassing. Murray's got seven. Bottom line is they're shooting 36% while the jazz are shooting 51%. And uh, the Nuggets can't hit the broad side of a barn. They've literally got nobody doing anything. Literally. Porter uh, has four points. They look dead. Dead to rights. And it's unbelievable. Now, there's two games tonight. Celtics and Sixers. I know that uh, the line I'm seeing, Celtics at five, uh, laying it. And then the Clippers uh, laying five in their matchup. So, uh, we're going to see if the Mavs can do it again. They look fantastic in the last one. Celtics, Sixers. I think uh, the Celtics have dominated the first two games down to four and a half, uh, the Clippers game. The other one's five, now five and a half. I think Boston um, has been too much for Philadelphia. I don't think JoJo can do it alone. Nobody else on that team is producing. They look naked without Ben Simmons. Uh, I have a hard time uh, buying into Philly at all. And as for uh, the Clippers, I think they're going to respond to what the Mavs did to them uh, because I don't think PG is going to have two games back-to-back that aren't good. I thought he was bad in game two. I think he'll come out tonight with a vengeance and start dropping buckets. Kawhi always produces. You can't slow that thing down. So I like the Clippers to respond and win that game tonight and beat the Mavs. I think they'll do it at both ends of the floor. More Coast to Coast coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 